0: Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. And I am happy to once again, welcome an Athena International board member to the show. Third week in a row. And our last of the three board members we featured in a row. Last, but of course not least, Sarah Jennings, CPA, CFE, CAE, has made a career of helping organizations, especially nonprofits, prevent fraud. How can you protect yourself? Well, listen to this talk Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 84. Starts now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Belitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff. I'm with Sarah Jennings, and she is a CPA, among other things. And I'm going to let her give you her firm's name because, you know what, we'd spend the whole interview of me trying to pronounce it and her saying, nope, that's not right. Nope, that's not right. So um, Sarah is a, uh, I'll just read this from her bio. She currently serves as the principal in the firm's accounting and outsource solutions department and leads their fraud and forensics practice and is chair of the firm's nonprofit committee. She's also a board member of Athena International, so it's very special to have her on the show for that reason as well. And we're going to bring Sarah in right now. And uh, Sarah, you know, we talked before when you contributed to the coronavirus page at uh, com slash coronavirus, but it's great to be with you to hear your story. So welcome. Let's get your firm and then uh, you can expand on your bio.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. Maynard Costerison is excited to have been a longtime supporter of Maynard International. It's actually, it's interesting that one of our partners, when I first joined the firm, I didn't know this at the beginning, but he was one of Martha Mertz's resources, I guess, when she was founding Athena Foundation. Lamont later, so our firm definitely has ties to Athena for quite some time.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. I and yeah, what a great what a great story and what a great person Martha is. We interviewed her for number fifty, and wow, wow, you talk about somebody that's very interesting. But now I'm interested in what you have going on. So I know I gave kind of a basic of your bio, but maybe you could fill people in on more of your story and what got you to the point that you're at right now.
1: Yes, I guess for this day and age, had an atypical career path since I've been with the same firm since I graduated college, which is relatively unusual these days. I have had an interesting path within the firm, but I started in the audit department. I have always been very inquisitive, very engaged, and in, in, um, very passionate about moving up and forward in my career. You mentioned I'm a CPA and a certified fraud examiner, so that was kind of the first extra credential that I received or, or worked towards. One of my clients, after the audit was done, we found out that she had started committing frauds and it was a nonprofit organization. So that situation was what kind of catapulted me into, okay, I have to do more. And I went from being completely content as an auditor, which is great career path in itself, to deciding that I needed to step up and change the world because especially in nonprofit organizations, there's often not a lot of resources for people to have internal control, segregation of duties, and there's not always the access to resources and education as to how to prevent misappropriation and things like that. So after that, Maynard Cossarsian actually was amazing um, allowing me to kind of go on a tangent and explore a different business plan or business path for the firm. And that was Fraud and forensic. So I started our local chapter of the Association of Certified Product Examiners at that point. I got credentialed. I started learning more and I really, really started working with a lot of the community and obviously all of our clients in general on internal controls and prevention so that we can make sure that we. it's much more fun, I guess, to be on the prevention side than the detection side. People are never happy to see you when you're trying to help them pick up the pieces, but if you can help them improve their internal controls and maintain some safeguards over their assets. They're usually pretty welcoming to to keep you in. After that was when I moved from the audit department to more of a consultative outsourced accounting role. I began to oversee some external CFO engagement, Um, work with a lot of different clients who maybe couldn't afford or maybe didn't need a full-time accountant controller or CFO, any one of those levels. And then we started going in and doing more of those projects. So within the firm, and that was kind of the the path I took. It was about that time, I think, when I transitioned to departments. I had my first child or my only child, my son, and that's when we decided a group of us, there were five of us in my community that really got together and we said, you know, we're struggling with this kind of juggling teeter-totter sort of an act. And it's difficult sometimes to have conversations like that from a balance or a work-life balance or you know professional growth perspective just in inside your normal office walls. So we actually reached out to the local chamber of commerce and we um, started some additional programming based around Athena. Um, as I said at the beginning, I didn't realize the long history that my firm had had with Athena International until that point. and we that was the first time I, I met Martha Mertz. That's when I really got to be more engaged with the Athena principles, what Athena was founded on, and um, kind of the collaborative spirit and the give back mentality that whether you are an Athena recipient or just within the Athena community, What's just ingrained in you. after that, obviously, I continued at my firm. as I said, I've never been anywhere else. I've been there for about seventeen years now. on the board of directors, I am the first female on as a director of the firm. I oversee all of our fraud and forensic activities, and I also lead our newly formed association solutions. So we, as you mentioned in my bio, i I am the chair of our nonprofit committee, and um, our firm collectively, services over 400 nonprofit in the greater Lansing, greater Michigan really area. So what we were seeing in our niche committee is that we had a lot of ways that we could help especially the smaller nonprofits just leverage assets, help them brainstorm, help them talk in communities and so we decided to launch some additional services, non-traditional to a normal public accounting firm, some events, some governance things, um, some member development, um, communication campaigns that has really been amazing to be able to help our clients kind of think outside the box in a way they normally wouldn't think of an accountant approaching things or thinking. Because of those sorts of things, that's really why I'm also our Director of Strategic Initiatives in Community Engagement. So one of the things that we do as Maynard coth is we really try to, we know it, our role, it's been our longstanding history, and to support local nonprofits, to support community engagement, I lead many of those efforts as well.
0: Well, let's talk about and I know your your focus is nonprofits, but, you know, I don't think we've ever really talked about fraud on the show. And I think that a lot of people are either maybe they have been victims of it or maybe they're worried about it. And so if you could, from your perspective, talk about what a business owner or an executive should know about fraud, what they don't know about fraud, and anything else you'd like to share with them?
1: So the main thing that I would want small businesses, nonprofits alike to know is that it happens to everyone. So to think that you are either too small or you know everybody too well, so that fraud isn't going to happen to you. Unfortunately, something you shouldn't ever believe. It's going to happen to you if it hasn't already, it will. On average, the Association of Fraud Examiners, which is a global organization, estimates 5% of gross revenue is lost to fraud for organizations across the board. So I think that it's really important for people to not be an ostrich with their head in the sand and be professionally skeptical to keep their eyes open when they're They tend to trust people a bit too much. I don't know how many have gone into an organization and they say, well, I've known this person for so long. It's like my sister. She's like family or he's, you know, I I call him my brother. They would never do that. And then, but you can see that there has been Um, Even if it wasn't blatant misappropriation, oftentimes there's just a little bit pushing the envelope on expense reimbursements and things like that. Some things I definitely recommend to especially business owners. I used to joke at the end of the year when we'd get people come in for us to close out their books and do kind of an overall review of things. So frequently, business owners, just they have a gut check. They don't know accounting. They don't want to know debits and credits, but they know roundabout, this is how much I made. Believe your gut. So oftentimes, when I've been called in on the forensic side and the um, fraud detection side, somebody didn't listen to their gut or they knew something was off, something was nagging at them and they just kinda of hushed it because they didn't want to believe it or they didn't have time to do it or whatever whatever the issue was. In hindsight is always twenty twenty. So if you listen to your gut, if you know you should be making this much, your cash flow should be about this and you just just don't understand, don't be afraid to ask those questions either to your bookkeeper, controller, or your accountant, your attorney, your trusted advisor. Sometimes that's super helpful to just talk out loud about what you're experiencing and it helps To it really helps to validate the feelings inside, which you probably don't want to listen to that something's wrong, but you should listen to.
0: We only have like a few minutes left before we start heading into the last few questions, but I think it'd be interesting for people to hear how you were able to forge a new path within your firm. And when you think about it, you forged a lot of new paths, you had them go in a different direction. And as you had said earlier in the interview, this is something that I hadn't thought of before. You're the first woman that became a principal in the firm. And then also, you were on a track that you were really happy with. And you kind of veered from that track and became very entrepreneurial. Actually, as Linda Stevenson said in interview number one, there are people within corporations that become entrepreneurs, And I think that's what you've done within your firm. So maybe you could speak to all of that about how you were able to get yourself to a place where you really created massive growth for yourself and the firm. We'll be back with our guest in just a second. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing here, why not get some extras from our guest? After every podcast episode, we have some fun questions for our guest that we give exclusively to patrons. All you have to do is go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com and check out the Becoming a Patron section. For just $5 a month, you'll get extras from each week's guest. For just $10 a month, You'll get the extras and we'll release the podcast to you before anyone else gets it. Not only will you get great extra content for yourself, but you'll support not only this podcast, but Athena International as well. So again, please consider becoming a patron at the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com. All right, let's get back into the episode.
1: Yeah. I love the term that Linda Stevenson created or coined, intrapreneur. I certainly think it's really important for people to think outside the box if they ever feel like they're in a rut or they're feeling a little bit like they, they aren't as fulfilled within their position. And I think that's probably where I was. Obviously, like I said earlier, one was a pivotal moment because I felt like I needed to do something to change. I was young enough at that point to change the world to think that I that I was going out there and fight fraud. In some other things, you just see that you have an opportunity you see that somebody else is in need or you see that you're just not um, fulfilling the potential that you thought you could don't necessarily completely turn to external sources or to a job that's somewhere else because the grass isn't always greener on the other side sometimes you can you know create your own business plan and that's really what I did For each of the endeavors, I didn't just go point my boss and say, hey, I want to do this. What do you think? I mean, I had a complete business plan. It doesn't matter if you're internally creating this this business or you're going to create a new company altogether. You still have to look at all those factors and then look at the pros and cons. How does this this benefit me personally and professionally? How does this benefit the firm? If it's a win-win on both, on all sides, then the firm has less reasons to say, oh, you know, I'm not sure about that. And obviously in an accounting firm, Similar to many industries, it is very conservative. We're not completely known for just taking that leap into the next new venture or things like that. So you really have to make sure that you've done your homework, that you can make your case, that you look at market analysis, you look at what the opportunity is, and then also look at the opportunity cost. If I'm doing this, this is what I'm not doing, but who else can fill that plate? The other thing that I think is really important when you're looking at being able to do these new opportunities, new endeavors or new business plans within an organization or external is make sure that you're always looking at who is going to be doing your job. I've always looked at things as I want to train the people to take over because I know that I don't want to do what I'm doing for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter what it is. So I'm always trying to make sure that whoever is coming up in the next level behind you, you're bringing them up, training them fully not hiding anything from them so that they want to continue to excel as well.
0: All right. Well, let's head into our last few questions. And uh, the first one would be resources that you would recommend. Of course, we'll have links to your firm and your bio and whatnot. But uh, what are some other resources you might recommend that uh, professionals listening should plug into?
1: So I am a huge, I really like face-to-face um, interaction. And as I said earlier, one of the things that I thought was incredibly valuable to me um, coming up, the earlier parts of my career, I you know was completely internal with the firm. I did all of my my coaches were all internal, my mentors were all internal. But then I really started to realize if you can get a diverse coaching program, it can be completely not formal, but just a diverse across industries, across genders. That was incredibly helpful to me. Athena International is an amazing resource. Definitely make sure you tap into whatever the local community has. If there isn't a local community of an Athena network, there is so much that can be gained from asking creating one yourself, call Athene International. There are online ways, virtual ways to engage. I know we have the coffee chats and things now that Athene International is running and things like that. I just would recommend to people, don't discount that. There are certainly a lot of networks within every single industry. I do a lot of work with nonprofits and trade associations and most trade associations, most industries across the board have some sort of networking that is technical, but kind of the soft skills and building that community that I think helps everybody throughout their career.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to give you the floor for the last question here. And as frequent listeners know, I start with the guest, and with the guest. So, Sarah, the floor is yours.
1: Well, thank you very much. I think the last couple tidbits that I would want to make sure to share before I leave is just to be patient with yourself and your time. A long time ago, I was working with Martha Mertz to coordinate a program back in Michigan, her to come and um, one of the things that we were talking about is this balance and how you know i felt like i should be able to do it all i was a new mom and i went through i how i wanted to bake a cake from scratch because my mom did that and make sure i made halloween costumes from scratch because that's how i grew up and martha stopped me and she said you know my generation did an amazing job paving the way and telling people telling women that they could have it all do it all what we forgot to say was it doesn't mean all at the same time. Just be patient. It doesn't have to be all at the same time. Make sure that you prioritize things. The other thing that um, I really struggle with sometimes when people say, I have to keep this work-life balance. And I've told so many people, I can't think about a balance because I'm always struggling and striving to achieve that balance. It causes me more anxiety than anything else. What I think about is a teeter-totter. I know that the teeter-totter is going to go up and down. I just have to make sure it keeps moving. Then I'm happy. My family's happy my office is happy. Everybody knows that teeter-totter is going up and down. And again, just make sure that you continue to build that network around you because it, it truly is amazing how much support you can get, even energy from the external world that you don't want to take for granted.
0: Well, Sarah Jennings, I really appreciate you being here. Of course, CPA and Certified Fraud. And uh, what was that CFE? What does that stand for again? CFE, Certified Fraud? That examiner. That's, I, for some reason, I, I blanked out. (laughs) Well, you know, at least we're at the end of the interview. And of course, Athena International board member. And uh, Sarah, thank you so much for your time this week. Thank you very much, Jeff. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Natalie Sugars has a lot of external success, but beneath the surface is the story of a survivor that has overcome a lot to get to where she is. And she talks about the mindset you need to keep going towards your dreams. And here's a little bit from Natalie.
1: I think what it is is how to take the negative and turn it into something positive. Like for me, being creative and allowing myself to use the courage that I found to chase my dreams was a huge help. And now I get to speak to kids. My high school honored me at homecoming and had me come back. And it was beautiful. It was homecoming weekend and they were there. And they want me to come back and talk to the students on bullying and what happened to me. So talk about Full Circle, which is a
0: beautiful thing. When you share the show on social media, and we hope you do, use the Athena hashtag, lowercase my, and then Athena is all uppercase. Hashtag Athena. Let's share this with the world.